This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 20 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Very excited because A, we have a new leader in Australia's next top trader, and B, the AFL season 2019 has kicked off. We had Richmond and Carlton on Thursday and a massive game last night. Pies and Colling, uh, Pies and Geelong, sorry, which you were at. Yeah, now I that was. you're down in Melbourne, you can get frequent these games. How good we, we're off and running. It's been a long summer, but I'm stoked that we can now talk about footy again at the start of our episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I reckon the two most common pieces of, uh, let's say, constructive criticism we get are one, our audio quality. We know we're working on it, and <laughs> and two is all of our footy chat is um doesn't last when people go uh, listening to episodes like six months later. True. Most of the time we're wrong. And <laughs> they're just like, who are we, who are you talking about? Uh, true. All right. Well, let's leave it at that then. But I but I agree. Very excited for the uh, for the footy. Yes, yes. All right, well then, let's let's move on. All right, Ren, so this episode is our what's hot, what's not, and market wrap for the last week on the US share market for all those playing along with Australia's next top trader and those that aren't. This is going to be just as valuable. Um, but there's been some news this week, Ren. I know you want to address some of it, so I'll let you kick it off and then we'll move into how the market's performed and uh, how we've been trading and how some of our stocks have performed over the last week. Yeah, nice one. I um, Well, the big big breaking news this weekend is that uh, Robert Mueller's report is released and uh, interesting to see if that'll have any flow-on effects to the market, but that's not the news that I wanted to quickly touch on. Um, <laughs> Slipped it in there, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm pretty excited, to be honest. The yield curve inverted. And um, for people who aren't familiar with that, there are different length bonds that you can buy in, um, in any country, but specifically in America, we're talking about here. And generally, investors get paid more for long-term bonds. So if you give your money to the government for 10 years, uh, you get paid more than 
uh, if you give the your money to the government for a short amount of time, say three months. And what's happened recently is that's actually inverted and now you're get, getting paid more for short-term money than you are for long-term money. That That's an indicator of investors' perceived risk in the economy and generally it's a lead indicator of a recession. So it's definitely worth giving a little bit of a read. I think we did an episode on it or we talked about it in an earlier episode, so you can try and find that. But definitely one thing to keep an eye on if you're not uh, across what's happening in the bond market, uh, it is big news in investing world. So what does that mean? Well, for you, it means everything because you've been uh, dreaming of a big recession for a while and... uh, (laughs) This is just one other indicator that it might be coming. I know, Ren. I am pretty excited about it. Cash is sitting there waiting for something to happen. So, as you said, we did an episode on it, leading indicators for recession. It seems like it's going that way. And I'm going to be very interested to see how this all plays out. Yeah. Now, the important thing is a timing thing. Uh, it, It generally is a lead indicator of a recession, but it doesn't mean it's around the corner. Sometimes it can be years before... Uh, the recession follows, so you know, don't don't uh, go 100% to gold and or hide your money under a mattress just yet. Exactly. I mean, I already do that, but yeah. <laughs> you're anti-government. Don't have a bank account, Ren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50% crypto, 50% gold, 100% <laughs> untouchable by the government. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on and talk about... I I, I want to start with what happened last night on the markets and then we'll move to bigger picture, what happened during the week, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, how our trades have performed and what trade you did during the week in the middle of the night, Ren, and then um, any other news that we can tie it it off with, okay? So, last night, Ren, a bumpy ride for everyone last night, ended up down... On all the major ind- indexes, S&P 500 was down 1.9%. The NASDAQ was down 2.5%. The Russell 3000, which is all 3000 stocks in the US, was also down 2.09%. That led to the overall market being down for the week. So last week, we saw the market up 3.5%. And this week, all those gains were wiped out. Um, well, not all of them, but but last night, uh, especially there was a bit of a a bumpy ride. S&P 500 was down 0.7% for the whole week, the NASDAQ down half a percent. So relatively flat movement for the entire week. But if you were long last night, uh, any leveraged ETFs, if you were long on the NASDAQ or long on on the S&P 500, you would have lost out. Um, I'm long the Russell 2000 Ren, and I've got a three times leveraged exposure to that. And for anyone listening, the Russell 2000 is the bottom 2000 stocks. As I said last week, it doesn't take in the top 1000. So it's more the small cap growth stocks. And they got hammered last night down 3.6%. And because I had a large exposure to it, I actually got hammered and I'm sure I'm going to find myself at down near the bottom of the leaderboard because of that. So, so do we do we know what uh, do we know what drove it? The Russell 2000 or the overall market? Well, your poor decision making, but also <laughs> the overall market. Well, look. So, um, there's growing fears of a global slowdown, as we all know, and also this thing that you talked about ran the three month 10 year yield curve inverting for the first time since I think it was 2007. These sorts of things all add up to a bit of a tumbling in the market. 
the Mueller thing. I'm not sure when that came out. I'm not sure if it had an effect or not. But uh, I think it was. I think it was Friday afternoon. Yeah, US right. Time. So probably after the market. But which which side note is interesting in and of itself because uh, you release things on a Friday afternoon when you want them to get buried in the news cycle. So yeah, take that how you will. Anyway, that's that's for our uh, separate U.S. politics podcast, <laughs> which will be coming in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, we're in the middle of reporting season and we're seeing some major companies um, missing expectation, uh, forward earnings estimates coming from them showing signs of slower growth. Um, so these are all having an impact and, and you know, these things lead to, I guess, negative investor sentiment. Um, do you have any sort of reason why you think this may be the case? Last night, there was last night particularly? No, no, I think, um, I think what you said sums it up. Let's um let's get into the week that was, and then I want to hear about uh hear about your trades. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the week that was, we saw um, utilities increase. We saw uh, crude take a bit of a hit. Uh, that's oil, and gold actually had its best week since February. So people were sort of moving out of stocks and seeking refuge in, uh, I guess, utilities being more the bond type. Uh, investments and gold obviously is a an investment that investors go to sometimes uh, to sort of hedge against stocks. Uh, I put on our Instagram at the start of the week that Nike, FedEx, Porsche, and Tiffany were all reporting during the week. So Nike had a bit of a shocker; it plunged six point six percent when it reported. Uh, FedEx also had a shocker, down five point eight percent when it reported. Climbed since to the end of the week, but remained down to two point three percent. Whereas Tiffany had a bit of a a stronger week. It's up almost seven percent on uh, on on the week. So uh, some mixed results there. Um, Aurora, which is the stock that our leader from last week had bought into, uh, it had a big plunge during the week. So I'd be interested to know if James had a stop loss on that. Uh, we've noticed that he's no longer number one. He's been hit off the top perch, and we'll get into that a bit later. And weed continued to have a bit of a strong week and then and then obviously fell yesterday as well. So that's the week that was. Um, I just want to point out one thing that did really well last night, Ren, and this is something that Matt spoke about at the very start, um, and it's more for experienced investors, but that's the VIX and that's trading volatility. And so last night, the VIX, um, if you bought into a stock called VIXY on stake, it was up 11%. Uh, and there was another uh, tr- volatility stock you can buy into UVXY. It's up 17% last night. So very difficult to pick those sorts of stocks and very dangerous. But if anyone was in it, then they'd be shooting up the leaderboard. Yeah, nice one. So I think that leads leads nicely into uh, how we're going on the leaderboard. Yes, it um, does. I I actually haven't checked our rankings, but um, how uh, how how did your week go? Did you make any money? So I left my two trades that were in uh, last night. I'm just going to see where I am on the leaderboard because I'm sure it's not great. Yo, so I've actually jumped a lot of spots. I'm happy with that. I'm up to 157th, down up from 300th last week uh, with an okay. overall gain of 0.6%. Um, and <laughs> Smashing Alec, it. <laughs> Alec, you're 117th with an overall gain of 2.28%. So you're on the climb as well. Okay. Nice one. So, so who wait? Who's who's ahead of who? You're ahead of me by fifty positions, but you're ahead that of is me by all that matters. <laughs> you're ahead of me by two two percent thereabouts. Okay, great. That's I'll take it. So I made a new trade and I kept two trades in. So I went in in a large position in in to, into a stock called Innovative Industrial Properties, which um, Matt had spoken about. It's um, in the weed industry. Uh, but I got sort of hammered last night on that down 2.6%. 
I'm still long the... You got hammered on the weed or you got hammered on the stock? <laughs> I got hammered on the stock. Uh, the pro... No, no with you, mate. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, I'm long the NASDAQ Ultra Pro QQQ. Last night got hammered on that as well, down 6.5%. But as I said, I've got a big exposure to the Russell 2000 and it was down t- 11% last night. So, Jeez. Um, yeah, not, a, doing well, not a good finish to me, but I, <laughs> my strategy, I'm going to stay with these stocks and see what happens over the next few weeks. I've got some stop losses on them, so I'm not going to lose too much. One's almost about to kick in um, if it drops any further, but I'm going to stick to my guns for the meantime and see what happens. How about yourself, Ren? So, um, to take everyone back to the end of last week, I got stopped out of my original position, which meant I put a stop loss in and the price fell to that point, and so it automatically sold. So I was back to 100% cash at the start of the week. I put two trades on. Uh, I put half my money into Activision Blizzard, the gaming company. Yeah. Um, bought them at around 44 bucks, and by Thursday they were up 8.4%. So I was I was pretty stoked with that. Nice. I was you know feeling good. Um, you know half my money had an 8% gain. That means that my overall portfolio was up a bit over. Oh, it was about 4%. Um, feeling all right, beating you, what could go wrong? (laughs) Friday comes around, Activision Blizzard drops 3.5%. So I gave back a lot, well, I gave back a fair bit of what I made, which was not great, but um, I think... Well, we'll see if I'll hold on to it and see if it recovers. But um, uh, yeah, so that, that one went all right. The the big learning for that and something that people in the comp should probably take away from it is if you do get a nice little gain and your stock moves up, it might be a good idea to move your stop loss higher up as well. Absolutely. Because I, I did set a stop loss, but it was a little bit below my buy price. And so then as it went up 8.4%, I didn't move it. Um, and I regret doing that now. So no, it's a good uh, lesson. Been nice to, yeah, it would have been nice to lock in some of those gains. So hopefully people can learn from my mistake there. The other one that I put almost half my money into was Dell, the uh, computer company. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, it seems like a pretty boring old company these days. But it actually, the last six months, it, six months, it was up almost fifty percent. Um, from a, a low forty dollars to around sixty dollars a share. Um, and so it had a nice bottom left to top right chart. And so I thought, uh, why not give it a crack? Uh, got in and it sort of just traded sideways for the week. It's down about 1%. So no, no real big no takeaways or lessons from there. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing lost, nothing, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I don't know what the saying is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but then the uh, the great trade of the week by uh, yours truly, um, and as you alluded to before, <laughs> uh, I got to, I think it was Thursday night, our time, and for whatever reason, I couldn't sleep um, and just was uh, on my laptop browsing at like two in the morning, saw um, uh, this, th- uh, hold on, it's a three times leveraged S&P oil and gas explorer and producer <laughs> uh, bull ETF. <laughs> and so I thought, um, you know, oil was doing okay. The the share, the share was on a run because uh, uh, the markets were open uh, when I was awake. And I was like, let's, let's try and catch this trend. Unfortunately, I 
did catch a little bit of that trend, uh, but then I definitely caught it the other way as well. So over, <laughs> overall, I'm down 7.5% on that stock in like two and a half trading days. <laughs> but, but Friday, the, the, you know, Friday US time, it, it was down 13.5%. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I was up for a moment there, but then it's uh, come crashing back down. And what's the strategy um, with that? I haven't I haven't decided. Luckily, I it was only um it was about 2% of my portfolio, so it's it's not really material, but it was just the money that I had lying in my stake account and I was like, why not? Um but uh I think probably the biggest lesson from that one is if it's 2 a.m. and you just stumble across a <laughs> trade, maybe uh maybe think about it. <laughs> nice yeah. friend. So okay. Look, that's um that's where I'm at. Uh Doing better than uh, my first week where I just got stopped out of my position. So, you know, onwards and upwards. Right. So, we're both, uh, we're both improved on last week. We've still got four weeks to go, so plenty of time to make our moves. Uh, we're just sitting back, letting everyone play around, and then, we'll get, yeah, then we're going to come up home strong. Uh, so, just an update on the top 10. Um, we have a new leader, Adrian R838 from the University of Tasmania. I've reached out to him, hopefully get some insight into what his uh, strategy has been. He's up overall 30.92%. Uh, last week, we had James, who was our number one. He was number one for a long time this week. I think he got up to about 40% overall, uh, but has subsequently dropped down to 21% gain overall. He was long weed, so I'd be interested to know how he managed those trades. Um, so we'll keep you posted on their strategies if we can get in touch with them. And Ren, we will sit down with Matt from Stake as well to get his view on the market, what's hot and what's not. Um, and we'll go into that with him now. So unless you have anything else to add, Ren, good luck for the next week. And we will talk then. Go the Bombers. Sounds good. Go the Swans. Equity all right, Matt, welcome back to Equity Mates. We're in week three of the competition, kicking off tonight, um, 12.30 markets open, and we're checking in with you again uh, for your opinion and views on what's hot and what's not, and the direction of um, sort of the markets. We've had a, an interesting end to last week, and I'm sure you've got a, um, an idea or, or an opinion on what you sort of expect over the next couple of weeks. Um, so welcome. Um, always good to have you on. Oh, cheers. Thanks for having me, Bryce. So last time we spoke two weeks ago, it was just before the competition started. And, um, you know, we were looking at weed as an industry um, or cannabis. And one of our leaders in at the end of week one, James, he he jumped on a couple of stocks in, in the cannabis industry and did very well for himself and found himself on the top of the leaderboard. Um, he's been kicked off the, the top perch and we now have a new leader at the end of week two, Adrian, who has gone long NVIDIA and he's now sitting at the top. So I guess your opinion quickly on um, the cannabis industry, has anything drastically changed over the last sort of two weeks in, in your opinion, industry specific, or is that still something that uh, would be worth keeping an eye on? Uh, no, it's definitely a hot space. I don't think business has changed too much over two weeks, but mm. market perception generally of risk can change very quickly as we found out on Friday. Mm. I must add that my tip was an absolute ripper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> double IPR. I'm just looking at it. It was a, tracking around 70 bucks when we spoke and it's now, what, finished up at around 88. Yes. Yes. That's a, I don't know if I'm allowed to get a trip to New York, but uh, I'm booking <laughs> my flight. I'm kicking myself that I didn't uh, put my money where your mouth was. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and uh, you also had another one. The name escapes me. Um, it was Palladium. It was just an ETF. Yes, yes. More, more just as a, um, a trend moving up. Didn't really do a hell of a lot um, sort of back where it was after Friday's fall. Um, and those falls don't look... See, I'm a bit nervous, actually, with what happened on Friday. Well, let's let's talk about that. So you mentioned uh, at the end of the, the episode a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that there are a couple of um, stocks available to the more advanced traders to take advantage of uh, trading volatility. And, you know, we saw towards the end of last week on Friday that uh, volatility really came back and, and hit the markets. Mm-hmm. So do you want to just give us sort of a rundown on, on what happened and, and what does it mean, um, how we can take advantage of it if it happens again? What's your sort of view on it? Yeah, no, totally. Yes, yeah, so the way I look at it is if you look at the last, well, even 15 years after the GFC, there's been, a, as I think I spoke about it before, a scar that sort of exists that's always there picking, there to be picked. Uh, when After what we saw in 2007, 2008, there's a lot of fear that when the market falls, it's going to continue. So there's generally a real, and naturally when the market moves down, it moves down a lot faster than it moves up. So what we saw on Friday was the market had rallied close back towards its you know previous highs or a little bit below um, across the indices. So the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ. And a lot of stocks have been making new highs, some large you know billion dollar businesses. But what happened on Friday was the market fell around 2% in the NASDAQ and volatility really spiked. It was met with a, it was actually met with a little bit of fear. Sometimes when the market pulls back, you can actually see volatility drop off because there's expecting there to be some support. But I didn't see that on Friday, which makes me a little bit more cautious as to where we go next. Um, as I mentioned, I was a little bit cautious before anyway uh, about the market, and this may confirm it. I just want to keep it a close eye. You can't really confirm it from one day's move. Um, but I'll be sitting very tightly and watching from the sidelines as to what happens next. And in terms of how can people take advantage of it, mm-hmm. And that's the pretty amazing thing about the U.S. is that there's so many different product suites and types available for people to, you know, to, to access to make money when the market falls. They don't need to be that person sitting on the sideline hoping that their shares move up. So if you want to trade on the short side, for example, if you actually think this move is going to go back to those lows or towards those lows from December, you can take an inverse ETF, for example. So for those out there that um, don't know what that is, that is when the market moves down. This ETF actually moves up, so it moves in inverse relationship to the share market mm. or the index that it's following. So you can have an inverse ETF that is one or two or three times leverage. So it's definitely not for the um, for the novice, mm. but if you're comfortable and understand the risk profile of these securities, um, they can be a pretty interesting tool to make some money uh, when things happen quickly and um, and move in the opposite direction to the market. So that is SQQQ. That's the short Nasdaq one. And then, if you want to trade volatility, uh, what can you what can you jump on if you want to um, take advantage of that? Yeah, there's a few instruments on stake in the U.S. market that you trade volatility. The best way to do it is just to search for volatility. So the main one is VXX is the most well known index. Um, it doesn't look to be around, but UVXY is quite aggressive. It's ultra short term futures. So the VIX futures. There's different futures that have different maturities. Mm-hmm. So there's ones that are the first month, second month, third month, for example. And the first month is going to be the most. Um, it's going to be. It's going to move the most according to the volatility uh, because it's got the shortest duration. So the VIX, the, the UVXY focuses mainly on the, the first two months volatility. So that spiked seventeen and a half percent on Friday. Yeah, big movement. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got you've got to look at it in perspective. This thing is down a significant amount uh, over the last uh, period. Yeah. So I was trading at around 
it's had lots of splits because if you look at it over 10 years, this thing is literally down 1,000, you know, basically it's down 99%, $1,000 or something. Uh, and it's done various splits as it's become, you know, because volatility over uh, the course of the last, you know, 10 years has really come off from, you know, the highs. And this thing just basically, if, if it's what's in, in options terms, it's called burning theta. Theta is the insurance premium again, and it's continually lost. But it does have its moments where it really spikes up. Yeah, right. And one of those is Friday. Um, but remember, this thing in December was trading at around $82. It's now trading at 44 So you've got to look at that 17% move in perspective. So let's just quickly take it back a step for those that might be a little bit confused about what we're talking about. Can you just sure. give your definition on, on volatility? So we know over the last 10 years, as, as you just said, that volatility sort of hasn't been in the market um, like we've seen over the last, you know, since December-ish. Can you explain what we mean by that? Volatility, by definition, is just the amount of movement, how fast something moves um, in the market. Uh, and, and naturally, people think of volatility as when the market goes down, but volatility can exist when the market goes up. So it's basically a measure of the market's movement. But what the, these instruments actually look at is the implied volatility, so the amount that people expect the market to move over a certain period. Um, so when the markets move down, people get nervous and they expect more movement, so they buy volatility. It's basically an insurance premium for what they think is going to happen. So it's a bit of a forward indicator, you could assume, in, in some regards. Well, it's, it's the perception of what people are going to do and how nervous the market's going to be. It's probably the for, it's very technical, volatility. It's yeah. definitely not um, – I can't explain it in one podcast. I'm definitely not the best person <laughs> to explain it. Uh, there's far more smarter people that can do it. But it, it basically is – it's known as the fear index. It's probably one way to describe the VIX. Right. It measures the fear of the market. So what will you be watching closely over the next couple of days with, you know, Friday, volatility sort of came back um, and it's made you a little bit more nervous, I guess. Um, what, what are you going to be looking for sitting tightly watching? Um, anything that we can follow along at home and keep an eye on or, you know, yeah, I'd be, I'd be watching. Secrets? No, no, not at all. I mean, you should be watching what you normally watch is what is your stop loss for your existing holdings. Yeah. Make sure you've got that in there and you've got your, your risk in check. Uh, know how much you're prepared to um, you know, give back until you get out of a trade, most importantly. Uh, but that, you know, there's no guarantee the, the market could recover on Monday and all could be merry again. It, uh, it could continue to go down. So I'm just going to see what the next move is. But I'm keeping a very close eye on the, the NASDAQ futures. So you can even watch those during the Australian Trading Day and they're available on the CME uh, website. You can get the futures pricing. That gives me a good indication of what's happening or what the market's expected to open, and that can paint a bit of a picture. So those are the um, the futures. So they they basically will be available for the market opens, and where they will they'll be pointing to where the Nasdaq ETFs are going to open, where the actual index will the, the you know the group of Nasdaq stocks will open. So I'm watching that pretty closely. I'm still watching stocks. I think you know that there's a lot of stocks that can go up in when the general market goes down. So I've got a I've got a bit of a watch list together as well, but well let's let's jump into that. You um you had very successful hot tips last time we spoke a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, well, it all um, depends on when you get out, not when you get in. <laughs> this is true, yeah. very true. It's all about the sell. So what's on what's on your list at the moment? Do you have any um, anything that's standing out? Either I mean from a positive point of view or something to steer clear of? Something's not looking so good. Yeah, no, I'm still keeping on double IPR. I still like the look of that. Um, it's, it's in all-time highs. It had a funny day on Friday, but I think it's still got strength on its side. Um, one that you'd like is actually called Danaher. Okay, okay. Bonus. And why that's funny for all the listeners out there is Essendon legend. So <laughs> family, Essendon family, really. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, and that's DHN is the stock code. Okay. I think I'm going to have to get in on that. <laughs> DHR, sorry. My writing is so bad. DHR, okay. Um, and if you look at this chart, yes, yeah, it's gone. Literally, it was at, it broke out above $1.10 and literally is now at $1.32 um, on pretty significant volume. So it's it's trending in the right direction. Um, no, don't know where it'll go next and obviously no advice given here. Sure, but sure. I just like the look of it and in the name, just definitely I'm get a rise out of you. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, the other one I'm looking at is Ulta, U-L-T-A. Now, Ulta is a beauty store, um, and that's really weird. When I lived in Chicago, I'd walk past this thing and go, oh, my God, like, it never looks busy. Maybe this is where I was living. But So I've got a preconceived idea of what these stores are like, and I probably that would never hold me back from making a trade. But this thing has just been making new highs for years, really. U-L-T-A. So that's a um, an interesting one, you know, in terms of making new highs for, for years I tend to think of trading, we've, we've spoken about this, but it's sort of shorter term. And when I look at these trending graphs, you know, I tend to focus on a, on a bit more than, or a bit less than 12 months. But um, if you're sort of signaling that something's been hitting a new high for year after year, then uh, I guess it shows that the stock is still in demand. Um, and totally. it's a, a good lesson for, for, invest, uh, for beginner investors that it doesn't have to be in demand, you know, that, on the day that you're buying it, it could be a, a very long day. No, if, if you can manage your risk, you should stay in a stock as long as you can while it's making you money, really. I mean, this thing in 2010, back end of 2010 or middle of 2010 was trading around low 20s. It's now trading at $330. Whoa. Yeah, so that's 100% year on year, really. Yeah, that's significant growth. Uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, you can be in a trade for 10 years if it's working for you. A lot of people think of trading as short term, but Investing is a subset of trading, really. You still need to buy and sell share at some point. Mm, mm. Um, and yeah, I don't know whether Alta will do the dash over the next few weeks to win the person, of, you know, someone a trip to New York. But I just like the look of what I'm seeing and I wish I'd been in it since 2010 oh, when absolutely. I was actually living in America and looking at these stores going, has anyone ever walked into them? Well, it's strange that you see sort of if you were doing an investing approach of, of sort of what you know based on I guess going in stores and and the experience that you see walking past down day in day out, you probably wouldn't have chosen to invest. But there's something obviously about the business that investors like, and um, it's reflected in their share price. So well, clearly, I'm not walking into one of their stores, so that's probably a good thing for them. <laughs> uh, but you know, it could just be where I was living. But sometimes you can get too emotional and connect to the brand, either because you like the brand or the share price matters something different. But here's the opposite. Here's a case of me. Looking at the company, having no affinity to it at all, but as an investment, it would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's really. So sometimes you've just got to remove yourself from the business, like the brand, and actually look at the underlying business. But actually, not even beyond that, is this share price going to go up? Am I going to make money on it? That's all you really need to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever your investment decisions are based on, you still got to make sure that you buy it at one price and sell it at a high price. Ultimately, yeah, to make money. So it's all about making money. That's right. Yeah, so that's one for maybe the comp. I don't know. I'm going to keep it on my watch list because I've definitely uh, I've been too biased by my experience um, walking past the store rather than the share price, which has been phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's an, that's an awesome lesson. Um, so there's some three three hot tips. Um, and one more. Okay, nice. One Four. more for you, mate. This one's for free, <laughs> Bryce. Just like brokerage. Um, tandem diabetes. It's been a massive favorite on stake. Okay. I just can't. Um, as I said, I don't know what's going to happen over the next few weeks, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or what's actually ever going to happen with this stock, but yep. it just continues to come from, my, come from my watch list. So I just want people to uh, maybe watch it with me and give me some ideas what we should be doing. So, TNDM. Uh, T- 
T-N-D-M. So we've got tandem yeah. diabetes. And it's on a it bit of a It would have been up run. over... Th- oh, it's been... Yeah, it's been one of the most successful shares on stake for the last year. Wow. And still going. Yeah, it, had, it gapped up from 50 to 60 at the in February. And it just, it's it had a pretty rough day on Friday. But this share is just it's moving in the right direction. Wow. It's the holy grail of the gap up. Totally. <laughs> so we had uh, Danaher. We had um, Altia. Was that right? Alta. 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 Um, is DHR. Yep, Alta DHR. is ULTA. We had the uh, the um, diabetes, diabetics. Yeah, tandem, tandem, TNDM, and, and then industrial. Yeah, IIR. Innovative properties. Yeah, and uh, we've moved off palladium. It just wasn't moving for us. So, so let's put that to the side. Focus on put some, that, some put, new yeah, adventures. Put, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Awesome. Well, thanks for that, Matt. That's... Um, a really good, I guess, insight into the into what you're looking at at the moment. And as you said, by no means are these stock uh, no. sort of tips, buy, sell, hold. This is purely just general information um, to help inspire others, I guess, and get them exposed to the vast array of stocks that are out there. Um, so many. So um, yeah, always, always good fun. hearing uh, different tips and ideas from other investors. So yeah, and these are really, and just to second that, it's really about. All of these could be wrong. One of them could be right, and you can still make money. It all depends on how you manage your risk. Mm. I want to. I want to continue to make sure that you know the listeners out there understand that it's not about stock picking. Really, it's actually about managing risk. Is what mm. this game's about. So you can have a hit rate of twenty percent and make an absolute fortune. So we have four weeks to go, Matt. Um, next week's going to be a really interesting one, as we we've already discussed. We finished last mm-hmm. week a bit jittery, so we're going to be on edge on Monday night tonight when. Uh, when it all opens up again. Um, it depends which way you're positioned, right? This is true. This is true. If you're short, then you're going to be hoping for... Or if you're long volatility, you could be looking for a continuation move. So so get your stop losses in um, if, if uh, you're hoping to... Always have your stop losses in. Yes. This, so... Yes, always. <laughs> yeah. um, Matt, you and I will be at UNSW on Tuesday tomorrow night if anyone is listening and they are a uni- University of New South Wales student or even if you're not, you can probably come along anyway. But we're going to be there doing a bit of an intro into investing and, and finance and um, pretty much just chatting all about this stuff. Um, so come along. Kicks off at 6 o'clock. Um, if you want more details, just hit us up at contact at equitymates.com. Uh, we also have an event on our Facebook page. So we had a great time at Macquarie Uni last week, Matt, and hopefully the vibes continue tomorrow night. So looking forward to that. And we will check in with you again next week when we're halfway through the competition. We'll give you an update on our portfolio because it's something we haven't discussed yet. So the equity mates will guess will reveal what we've been doing. Um, be good to get your opinion on that. But uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Always good to chat and uh, get an insight into what you're thinking. And we'll talk next week. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.